Hello from your favorite Grasslands PR team. We're back with another, uh, well, I don't know if this counts as a reason why these overlooked and underappreciated ecosystems are objectively the best biome, hmm. but it is a fun episode wherein we are going to try to fool each other about slightly Grasslands-related topics. Um, hi, I'm Rachel. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alan, and I'm hoping that we'll find some reasons why we love grasslands while talking about this nonsense. No. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm Nicole. And to clarify, <laughs> we are playing a game. We are playing Two Truths and a Lie. So we are going to try to stump each other by sneaking in one lie into a group of truths. Yes. And it's going to be good. Yeah. We divided up topics mm -hmm. <laughs> this this time. Um, I have bugs. I have birds. I have birds and bugs. <laughs> <laughs> this is shaping up to be spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, I guess, do you want me to start? Yeah. Rachel, we would love for you to start. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> you know what I love? NPR game shows. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I also love stumping Nicole. And I thought, what better way to stump Nicole than to talk about bugs as a, a current event in the news with a sort of bluff the listener style <laughs> story time of three bug related stories, one of which is completely made up. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a, like a wait, wait, don't tell me kind of a thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> for sure. For Let's sure. Let's go. I like it. I'm not as good of a writer, though. So, you know, this is, you know. Um, I, won't, but we're gonna... I won't have it. So what I have for you today is uh, three stories of insect invasions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 And uh, we're going to start in Argentina. Beautiful. Why are you already laughing? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have a really bad poker face, so I need to make sure I laugh equally. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so just the fact that she laughed at the top of this one doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's a lie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. She really just cannot contain herself. Mm -hmm. That's important to know about Rachel. Yes. Okay. All it took was a heat wave uh -huh. and some rain. Mm -hmm. And last December, this is how it started. <laughs> The perfect conditions to breed, literally, the perfect beetle. <laughs> Not a few, but millions. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And once they emerged, they descended upon the small town of Santa Isabel in the Argentinian province of La Pampa. As they descended upon this town in vast, vast quantities, mm -hmm. they searched for one thing, a dark place to hide. Uh, these beetles are called cascarudos or Torito beetles. Fun fact, if you Google Torito beetle, you will find like some kind of anime bot which is not what this is. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. Uh -huh. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, these are bull bugs, quote unquote. And there's a lot of species of bull bugs. So I really couldn't figure out which specific species this involved. Um, but the important thing to know is that they are a scarabid beetle. Sure. They are brown. They are round. They are hefty and chunky. <laughs> and while harmless... Mm -hmm. 
leadership in the town warned you, uh, warned the residents that they posed a serious hazard to your body and to the town itself. So, uh, <laughs> seems like a mixed message. Um, okay. They, uh, fell like hail from the sky, <laughs> <laughs> colliding with windshields and roofs and streets and heads in gas stations. Their sheer numbers filled gutters and drains, a solid log of beetles <laughs> inside the drain pipes compacting they mm. burrowed and piled into the crevices of roofs and the weight of the millions and millions of beetles caused ceilings to collapse hmm. not even the local authority was safe as they burrowed into the police station's roof destroying state property <laughs> and <laughs> deeply upsetting the local police officers. <laughs> it's like we're going to charge the Beatles with that. Oh, now they've destroyed state property. Okay. Yeah, specifically. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Reporters advise that they can collide violently with anything that crosses their path sure. and recommended that residents cover their face and eyes when they went outside to avoid impact. <laughs> they shut down the street and public building lights for three days and nights to attempt to rid themselves of this plague. Nearby towns even added drums of fire, trying to coax the beetles to a mass grave. <laughs> One local official said he hoped they would get the message, quote, Go away. Find another town. <laughs> the blackout was effective, and the Beatles finally ebbed away, apparently having been drawn to the town in the first place by all of the nighttime lights. Interesting. The end. Beautiful. Okay, so <laughs> the tale of Santa Isabel being besieged by Torito Beatles. Hmm. Which is not an anime mecca, by the way. Yep, I don't know that it needed to be clarified <laughs> twice. This would be a very different story if it was. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. So, um, uh -huh. Nicole. Yes. I had to hear all of them. I'm not going <laughs> to say if this is true or not. No, I just, I want to know, wh what are your first impressions of this story? I mean, so, last time I feel like it was tricky because, like, is the one lion there that the roof collapsed, but everything else is true? That's like, is it that, that kind of me. a... That's the part that got yeah. me. Like, beetles, even millions of beetles, uh -huh. I don't know that it's going to collapse a roof. Yeah. So, like, is everything else true, but that's a lie, so they're, therefore this whole story is made up, which yeah. is what you said mm -hmm. at the beginning would be our clarifier for, you know, made up stories, but... Right. Is there, like, just, like, a... Is it a mostly true story with just like one grain of lie or yeah. vice versa? Yeah. A mostly lie story. Which with I a can't grain focus that long to try to find one piece of lie. No. Nope. I can't <laughs> say that but... roof thing did throw me. But you know, and <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't don't let me don't let me mm -hmm. interfere with your thought process. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get the lie too. You have the guess too. I will. Okay. I'll get it wrong because I'm not I'm not a I, but you know, I'll guess. I yes. mean these are <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> stories. I don't think even <laughs> Yeah, I don't think me liking bugs gives me a heads 
head up in these stories. Okay. I'm just gonna guess. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How large is a Torito beetle? Are we talking like June bug size? Are we talking oh no, they're like, they're like, bigger uh, than that. They're like this big. Goo boy, yeah, okay. Like those like uh, those like, like Japanese horned beetles. beetles that we get here Hercules also. Beetles just, like, and things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and again, you just hear them banging into your windows like yeah. when they're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> large. Okay, mm-hmm. hefty boys. Interesting. Millions. Millions. Hmm. Okay. okay. All right. The next story <laughs> that I have for you um, is an invader of the bee variety. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now, normally when you think of bee invasions, you think of things like honeybees. For example, the honeybees that swarmed New York Times Square very recently, and 25,000 of them had to be removed. In this case... The bees that descended upon this small Pennsylvania town had a recognizable shiny black butt <laughs> okay. of a carpenter bee. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. They became a common sight this summer. They smacked relentlessly into the windows of homes, terrorizing the residents of Spring City. And while obviously the fear of stings loomed over the 3,500 residents. The real terror came from the property destruction once again. Now, again, there are multiple species of carpenter bee, Mm -hmm. and I don't know which one this was, but carpenter bees bore into wooden structures. Um, Their ideal locations for nests are timbers and siding, and when they burrow into these structures, it weakens the wood and leaves unsightly holes and stains. Now, normally this is a bit of a nuisance if you are, say, a Kansas resident with a couple of carpenter bees. But this year, worst of all, their favorite target is sound, undecaying wood, otherwise healthy and strong. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) while the unprecedented heat and humidity led to a boom of these insects the pure abundance unfortunately led to another boom woodpeckers (laughs) okay quote it's like alfred hitchcock's the birds (laughs) said one resident (laughs) okay tinfoil on chimneys vapor rub on porch posts Sparkling streamers hang from the trees. Nothing stopped the descent of woodpeckers onto the town. Okay. Hmm. Whose numbers seemed to skyrocket with this new food source. All of these woodpeckers only compounded the damage as they excavated every wooden structure they could find, searching for more of these morsels. One resident's old unpainted porch collapsed on one side Hmm. as the structural damage from the bees drilling caused it to collapse. The elementary school held a fundraiser (laughs) to repair the damage to the beans in the attic. By the time the school had noticed, hundreds of bees had exploited an entrance into the attic and taken up residence in the elementary school. But the one silver lining in all of this chaos was that nobody was stung. That I could find. (laughs) 
Not a single sting. Not a single sting. That you could find. Implying that I could find. That there this might is have a been true a, story. There might have been a sting. But <laughs> not because the bees are being mean, probably. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nicole, let's break this one down. <laughs> Small Pennsylvania town attacked by carpenter bees. Mm-hmm. And then subsequently woodpeckers. Yeah. That's does that stretch the limits of believability a little bit to you? I don't know. Like uh like woodpeckers en masse descending. Uh-huh. And you know, I don't know. But if you're reading something out of a news article, that seems like a very reasonable headline, you know. That's a good point. Like there was three extra woodpeckers in town that year and people are like, Oh, <laughs> well, they're everywhere. Yeah, right. Like there's yeah, one banging on the side of my house because there's some carpenter bees and now yeah, it's like I'm noticing that it's a nuisance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that feels in line with how a lot of like wildlife journalism goes, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, it's like not uh, yep, a bit um what's the word I'm looking for? Embellished? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Um. Again, I really feel like I want to dive into the details of this. I feel like there's just one sentence that's wrong. Like, Rachel paused before saying, and then carpenter bees who only go after fresh wood. (laughs) And is that the lie? You know? Yeah. Do they actually prefer like moldering wood? Do they? I mean, actually... most insects do, but honestly, I can't remember with carpenter bees. Yeah, would carpenter bees go for like you know? I don't know. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Are they going for like fresh, you know, nice crisp two by fours, <laughs> pressure treated? Mm-hmm. Rachel's struggling <laughs> to not reveal anything. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing that stood out to me. The elementary school? Bees in the attic of the, the elementary school. In the old school. attic with, you know, rotten timber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. First of all, like, call me crazy, but I don't know that I've been in an elementary school where there was like a lot of wood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, a really I feel good like point. those things are built like, it's out probably of, fake. <laughs> they're like <laughs> built out of cinder blocks. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what I'm talking about? They're like brick. They're like solid buildings. Sure, like they're not sure. gonna get carpenter bee infestations in elementary schools. I mean, if it, but it's a small town. Well, I know, but it's it doesn't necessarily mean it's like an old timey like. Yeah. Oh, this is like you I know, know this is our our schoolhouse from 1850. You doesn't know. mean it's not. <laughs> okay, 3,500 people probably has a decent size elementary school. Yeah. So. Just saying, something <laughs> is weird about that to me. Okay. Are you ready for my final story? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> Our final invasion is an invasion of cannibal crickets. Fun. The Mormon cricket mm-hmm. is not a cricket. It's a Katie did. I just want to say that just to lead this story off. Mm-hmm. And these insects live in rangeland and scrubland of the southwest, mm-hmm. where they're stinking, hulking masses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stinking. That's just rude. Took over scared. the Nevada town of Elko. Okay. The enormous red bugs blanketed buildings and roads. And their worst qualities were their stench yeah. and their thirst for cannibalism. I already 100% believe this story. 
<laughs> I don't need to hear anymore. Uh-huh. Just, just, just the description of cricket smell. If you like, okay, you know, we care yeah. for live reptiles, mm. uh, and so like, you know, cricket the, smells bad. The cricket smell is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's real bad. It's not great. Once yeah. again, not crickets though. No, Katie did. Katie did. Sure. sure, but you know, tomato, tomato. In this case, it all probably smells horrible. So, yeah. yeah. Now, Mormon crickets are normal for this part of the country. They are named, after all, for destroying the crops of Mormon settlers. And these insects emerge year after year. This year, once again, the heat and humidity, Mm -hmm. which seems to be increasing from these news articles that I've read and seems to be causing unprecedented disasters everywhere, caused an unprecedented disaster for the town of Elko. Instead of destroying crops... These Mormon crickets destroyed the daily life of innocent citizens. The stench that clings to these animals is so foul, so horrible, it's likened to the stink of burning flesh. That's a little dramatic. That's a bit much. (laughs) Even while driving in their cars, residents had to plug their nose just to go about their daily life. Hmm. The carcasses stuck to tires, the bottoms of shoes, and left a slimy, treacherous hazard on roads and pathways throughout the town. Highway authorities (laughs) erected signs warning residents and drivers of the slick highways where the mass (laughs) gravesite of insects (laughs) attracted more and more cannibalistic crickets into the path of cars, creating a never-ending soup of viscera (laughs) (laughs) on the roads. One hospital. I feel like there should have been a trigger warning for insect (laughs) gore here. This is is some rich language. (laughs) (laughs) One hospital in Elko hired new staff just to clean crickets out of the way for patients to enter the hospital. Mm -hmm. Some residents resorted to desperate measures, pressure washers, leaf blowers. Nothing lasts. Nothing is permanent. The only solution to the invasion of crickets was to endure. Mm. To cover your nose... And to turn on four-wheel drive. (laughs) The end. The end. Well, I know that one's fake because um, no hospital would ever hire more staff to make anyone's life easier. Um, They would totally hire. That's a fair point. In the the face of a crisis, they would totally hire. Yeah, maybe they would try, but no one's going to take, hey, do you want to... Join us on our cricket cleaning uh, <laughs> yeah. squad. Will, will you join mm-hmm. us doing that for $10 an hour? Yeah. Get out there when the ambulance shows up. Turn on the leaf blower <laughs> to get the crickets out of the way. So they don't slip getting, you know, <laughs> the guy out the back. <laughs> yeah. That mm, that's, that seems that seems a little absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say curious mm-hmm. how when we get a couple carpenter bees in an elementary school we also get a plague of woodpeckers but when we get (laughs) billions of mormon crickets Uh -uh. hopping around devouring themselves 
just turning the town of Alco into Alco. a absolute just splatterfest <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing shows up. Yeah. Okay. They smell like burning flesh. <laughs> That okay, all right, but here's the deal. All right, the Mormon crickets, right? Famously, uh, weren't weren't the Mormon like Mormon crickets that like when they did like the crop devouring, weren't they in turn like devoured by seagulls, and that became like like Alfred Hitchcock's the birds. Yeah, but didn't like <laughs> seagulls become like a significant like in one of the southwestern states? Like seagulls are like. This is a thing, okay? I believe you. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? This is a thing that happened. Wait, there no, I like totally a, encountered like a... this. <laughs> there's like a there's like a plague of like yeah like crop destroying you know insects uh-huh. uh, and then like seagulls showed up to save the day. And so where were the seagulls in this story? Oh, I actually have heard of this. Yeah, I went to a Mormon museum and yeah, okay. See, fascinating. Yes. Calm down, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, talk about the thing that Mormon crickets do when they lay eggs, because it's it's interesting. Me? Yeah, or anybody. I mean, Bug expert. Since you know, go for it. No, they just, like, stab their ovipositor into the ground and, like, pump some eggs out. It's cool. It's weird. <laughs> it is weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a fun fact, you know, to make this story more horrifying. You can also think about them, you know. Injecting themselves into the ground? Mm-hmm. To emerge around. again yeah. in the next year. Yeah. Start this whole nightmare all over again. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Amazing. Poor Elko, Nevada. Well, guys, uh, which story do you think is fake? Let's uh, collect your votes so that we can uh, move on to brighter, greener pastures. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got to review the Torito Beatles assaulting St. Isabel, Argentina. We have... A small unnamed town in Pennsylvania. No, it was Spring City. Okay. You didn't say that. I, 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 did. I think so. I think that, that sounds familiar. Mm, okay. <laughs> I definitely, if I didn't say it, it was Spring City. Okay. Population 3,500. Okay. Carpenter bees raising Spring City to the ground. <laughs> and then Mormon cricket nightmare. Mm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say that number three is not true. Yeah. I think, I mean, it could go either way, but I feel like it's too ridiculous to not be true. That's a fair point. That's yeah. a fair point. But it's kind of one of those things where you think about it too long, you're just going to run around in circles. I'm kind of waffling between two and three. Yeah. That's the lie. I'm going to I'm gonna go with three. I'm going to go with two, okay. just to be different. Okay. <laughs> You're okay. probably right that it's two. I should have listened to the elementary school thing. And that woodpecker <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, of course Rachel would pick, you know, a bug story that has to do with birds. Yeah, that's okay. very true. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, Rachel. Well, first, let me say that you are both correct that um, the first story is true. Okay. There is uh, just one picture of the millions of beetles <laughs> collapsing roofs <laughs> in this town. That's pretty shocking. That's a lot. That's uh-huh. funny. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, number three is a true story. Gross. 
<laughs> it went viral on TikTok, and the residents uh, kept making jokes about it on TikTok and saying, the only way to get through this is to have a sense of humor because it's a oh. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, here's a picture of the crickets invading one road. Gross. Yikes. They did have highway signs warning of the hazard of slick roads wow. because of all the viscera. Oof. <laughs> Which Lovely. means that Nicole is right and uh, the woodpecker story is fake. The things I said about carpenter bees are true mm -hmm. and woodpeckers are their number one predator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just fun. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't make any it, sense to have a like a bunch of woodpeckers. You know what I mean? That yeah. doesn't sound right. A plague of, yeah. Yeah. Hey, but like you said, birds are attracted to mm -hmm. stuff sometimes. There was an Australian yeah. open that got descended upon by seagulls because the beetles were too intense and they like it postponed some games yeah. like that. I mean, mm -hmm. usually it's seagulls, though, not, you know, woodpeckers. Where were the seagulls <laughs> for this town? Which town? For, for, for Argentina. Oh, for Elko? Too far inland. Dude. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe they just smell so rotten that nobody wants them. <laughs> or maybe the beetles were such a nuisance that nobody even noticed all the birds trying to take care of it. <laughs> but if you met yeah. seagulls, they're, they're trash birds. You know, they yeah. will, They don't mind. Uh, yeah. You know, okay. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for playing that game with me. It's I hope you had fun. It's very good. Let the record show that you failed to stump Nicole. Ooh, stumping dang. me. That's true. <laughs> stumping, stumping me. That's barely a challenge. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but you didn't, did Nicole. Good job, Nicole. I'm Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. I knew you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. <sighs> okay. Wow. Which one of you is next? I'll go next. So mine are a little bit more simple. But Good. also I'm hoping that like in their simplicity that maybe that will kind of stump you because then you start thinking about it too much and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so two truths and a lie, bird edition. Uh, I was going to do avian biology, but then I realized that that's too hard and I don't know anything about avian biology and I would have had to teach myself and also that Rachel knows too much about avian biology. <laughs> that is a topic that I love. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I wanted to stump you on it. But then I was like, mm -mm, this, is, <laughs> this is too much. Um, so yeah, just, just a fun fact about how we came to what we did come to, which is like bird record holders oh love it okay yes okay so i feel like these are like fun facts that people either get really wrong a lot of times or like everyone wants to know so I've, i just thought it'd be fun number one <laughs> You're already laughing. I know. This I'm one's trying, a lie, guys. I still haven't decided which one to even say first yet. Um, and I'm already laughing, so it means nothing. <laughs> I, was, I don't mm. know. <laughs> nice try. Number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The record for longest nonstop flight is held by a bar-tailed godwit. That's true. And was about 8,400 <laughs> miles. 8,400. Oh, God. Dang it. <laughs> or... 13,500 kilometers. Okay. 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 Go that is true, though. That's 100% yeah, true. true. That's 100% yeah. true. That species. Okay. I don't know if the miles are, if she like tweaked the numbers and that's. If she's trying to get you on a, technicality. a technicality. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was really worried about that with mine, which okay. makes me think that she's doing that to us. No, that is 100% <laughs> true. They, they fly so long that they end up 
catabolizing their muscles yeah. to hydrate because mm-hmm. if they just don't stop. It's like, what, 14 days or something straight? It's they something fly. insane. Yeah. yeah. Nuts. All right, Nicole. Pretty high altitude, too. Yeah. Okay, Nicole. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. With more than 400 species, the tyrant flycatchers are the most diverse family of birds in the world. Oh, huh. hold on. Hang on. What does this mean? Also, didn't we just talk about like 400 species of hummingbirds? I mean, there's a lot of hummingbirds. But like, okay, so we're saying they're the, you're saying that Tyrannidae yes. as a family yes. is the most, like has the largest number of species. Yes. In the world. Uh, I actually don't know if that's know true either. or not. Well, and it's families, right? Talking family. Yeah. Not okay. not like genuses or anything like that. Okay. Um okay. Hmm. I I feel like there are probably a lot of species. Mm-hmm. But that I I'm fairly I feel like there's probably other more diverse bird groups that have more species than that. Yeah, it's so it's it gets difficult for me, I think, when we're thinking globally, because there are a lot of like, yeah, I mean, like, for example, like, the difference between like, okay, you know, we might get locked into like our American perspective, like Mm -hmm. hummingbirds, like, there's not that many hummingbirds, right? But it's like, (laughs) oh, there is a lot of hummingbirds, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's hard to say, because globally, I don't know, I'm, I'm honestly kind of bad with global birds, probably. Yeah, and I'm trying to rack my brain over whether there are tyrant flycatchers that live outside of the americas because there could be that like a high enough diversity to make that true in just the americas but if they are also if that specific family exists in like africa or other parts of the world that would make it also feel like possibly more true i don't know man i think this one's probably fake but we're gonna we're gonna see the last one is interesting Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. See the the simplicity. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, okay. Hmm. <clears throat> Number three. Mm-hmm. Reaching sprinting speeds of thirty four miles an hour. Sprinting sprinting speeds of thirty four miles an hour, fifty four kilometers. Mm-hmm. The greater roadrunner is in fact the fastest running bird. <sighs> Interesting. That also I don't know. Hmm. How is it possible that it could cover more ground than like an ostrich? That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because that like is a 45 mile per hour bird, right? An ostrich with the size and strength of its legs almost certainly has to be faster <laughs> on the ground. I right? would be shocked if it wasn't. Right. Yeah. That, hmm. That's that's what I'm I'm going. Roadrunners are just too tiny. They're so little. Yeah. To be able to outrun <laughs> a bigger species. <laughs> like, you ever seen a roadrunner run? Yeah. It's they're, very, it's they're very. Yeah. It's not like, you know, kathumpa, thumpa, thumpa, like an ostrich, you know? Are we basically just mimicking the roadrunner sound effects of the Wiley Coyote cartoon? Well, you know. Okay. Okay. I well, think the second one is a lie. Okay. I yeah I um, hmm, yeah. And I, I locked in, so now if you want to be different, you have to change your answer, and I'm going to be right. <laughs> no, that one. Wow. Uh, but okay, hmm. I'm also considering. Did Nicole give us three true facts to ensure <laughs> that we'd be wrong? 
by assuming that one is the lie? Well, she did. She's breaking the rules, and we can't be held accountable for mm, not knowing. But you know, this is this is Nicole we're talking about, though. Yeah. And it's more important to her that she wins. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, no, because like, I feel like, okay, surely there's more sandpipers in the world than tyrant flycatchers or you know yeah, hummingbirds right? or yeah. something or you know, like even warblers or something like yeah, right yeah like, yeah okay yeah. now there are like there might be multiple families of warblers though that's like the thing that's but there also Good might true, be multiple families of flycatchers yeah family not uh I'm just yeah. not globally i'm not sure yeah that is the one that's it's t- difficult for me to parse out so i'm just gonna say it's not true the world of birds has to be more confusing and perplexing than that okay Nicole, we locked in. How did we do? Okay. (laughs) Well, um, I will say that, yes, you are correct. that The (laughs) bar-tailed godwit has the longest nonstop migration. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just recently set that the the 8,400 miles was just recently set by a five-month-old bird. Um, he, as far as we know, cause the adults leave before the young ones. Yeah. So he did that all by himself. He was like, I got this guys. Like he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He, uh, it only took him 11 days to fly, uh, all the Dang, way buddy. from, uh, Alaska tes- to Tasmania. For so a, good for a hatchier bird. bird. Yeah. Migrating solo. And that's another thing that's wild about bar-tailed jodwits because that's like they're a good case study for um, like the genetic component of migration. Because mm. like like you said, the parents leave before. Mm-hmm. How does this bird know how to get to Tasmania? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, how does it know where it's going whatsoever? Fascinating yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Absolutely wild. I'm proud um, of him. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like yeah, in the two previous records for. Um, Longest non-start flight was also Godwitz, but it was the same bird. He beat his own record um, oh. two years in a row. So. Godwitz just out here competing with Godwitz. Yes. Yeah, yes. You can't touch him. No, right. no. Um, do you guys know the longest migration of any animal arctic or birds yeah yeah so arctic terns have the longest migration um of twenty two thousand miles year uh round trip that's what i was gonna say year round i guess it kind of works but round trip was the words i was actually looking for transpolar yes arctic to antarctic what a good bird what a a good bird bird. very dear to me love Mm -hmm. that bird Mm -hmm. they're very screamy Oh, I know. I've almost been I killed by one. <laughs> yeah. That is a true fact. That's a true fact, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the one that you guys both locked in on. Oh, no. Shut up. Stop. It's true. It's yeah. true. No! We should have listened to our gut with the ostrich. Dang it. All right. We did listen to our gut. Our gut said the ostriches are faster. Yeah, making the third one the lie. Yeah. You said that the roadrunner was the fastest. Yes, yes, which is and a ostr- lie. So, which is a lie because ostriches are faster. <laughs> we had it right, Rachel. <laughs> oh, I think that was just a basic brain comprehension yep, issue on I my think, end. I, think we I was up. like, that's I think we messed up. That's yeah. okay. I think, that's we, okay. I think we out loud said that that wasn't true and then picked the second one anyway. I was surprised. I was surprised. I was like, I, okay, well, I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> We wily coyoted ourselves there. Yep, yep. yep. Um, let, let's get, let's okay. get the lie out of the way since we're back on that. Um, how did we? How did we say that that was definitely untrue? And then 
don't know. We really shot ourselves in the foot there. Okay, a little bit, a little bit. Um, well, I think we both got it right in our hearts. That's right. Mm. It's what we said. We but said then you said, you said afterwards that you know the other what? one was definitely a lie. We have to lock in our answer. Like we, we, the point is we, on an intellectual level, knew uh-huh. what we were doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> there's two lies in here. Uh, not only is the Roadrunner not the fastest bird, but they only run 25 miles an hour, not 34. I just wanted a bigger number so you would second guess yourself with the ostrich thing. Yeah, 25 mm. miles an hour. Mm. That ain't nothing. Yeah. It's pretty good. So no. I found <laughs> okay. humans can run faster than that. Barely. Uh, but still. We have longer legs, though. So. Yeah. If you. Okay. S- well. If you scaled up a greater roadrunner to human size, oh God. they would run over 60 miles an hour. That's pretty fun. Yeah. So therefore, they would be the fastest bird yeah. now by I'm far. Impressed. Now I'm impressed. Yeah. Pretty cool. Also, they are, they are the fastest bird that can also fly. So that, they got that going for them. Okay. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Which is pretty good. Fair, fair. Which we probably knew on a deep level, and that's why we went with the second one as our answer. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Just kidding. Um, they also are really good jumpers. I found multiple videos of greater roadrunners visiting hummingbird feeders, jumping up and snatching the hummingbirds out of the air and eating <gasps> them. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's pretty That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> They're great hunters. Poor um, hummingbirds. Aww. Yeah. A lot of people don't like roadrunners because they steal the hummingbirds from people's feeders. So <laughs> put your feeders higher. Higher. Mm. Yeah, put your feeders <laughs> well, higher. They can jump like 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> so but your feeders are real high. <laughs> What's too high for a hummingbird? <sighs> there probably is a preferred mm-hmm. like, level. Yeah, yeah, preferred height. It might be over 10 feet. It's yeah. too high for them. Just put like a giant like baffle, <laughs> like you would for squirrels. Yes. Just put a huge baffle so the roadrunner just like bonks up on it when he tries to grab a hummingbird i love it i love it (laughs) simple solutions simple solutions for simple problems Mm -hmm. yes yes but yeah so roadrunners are not the fastest birds ostriches definitely are at 43 (laughs) miles an hour um you said you said 45 so yeah very close thank you yeah let the record show that again we did say all of this out loud you did say all of this out loud (laughs) you said all of this was our exact thought process Uh (laughs) to the word (laughs) and we still got it wrong That's what I'm saying. Stumping me doesn't mean anything, okay? That's <laughs> not myself. I don't feel like I was stumped, really, because... It's true. No, I you talked yourself into that answer, though. Rachel's credibility remains intact. <laughs> I think. You. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Um, um, but the one that was also, that was true and you guys picked with um, tyrant flycatchers being the most diverse family of birds is, in fact, true. There are currently described 441 species of tyrant flycatchers um other large families include tanagers at 382 yeah hummingbirds at 363 doves and pigeons at 353 which surprised me i knew there was a lot of different kinds of doves Mm. and pigeons but Hmm. not that many um and then the old world flycatchers at 345 okay so they are a different group yes impressive yeah wow good job birds yeah that is also that is really interesting about dozen pigeons yeah Yeah. i mean we only have like a few pretty ubiquitous species like in the united states i feel Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i guess worldwide they're all in the same group so yeah Yeah. very interesting cool yeah and just for funsies 
Does anybody know how many total species of birds there are? Nope. I want to say it is, and the number may have gone up because like they still are, they still discover new birds. Yeah. Um, I want to say the number is like 12,000 species worldwide. Would you like to guess? Um, the, That's close to what I would say is over 10,000. Yeah. Just over 10,000 um, 10. okay. species currently described. Um, with those hot spots being in South America, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, yeah. specifically countries with the most species of birds are going to be Colombia, Peru, and Brazil, with all over eighteen hundred species each. Ooh, um, so South, yeah, South America has um, about thirty four hundred species of birds, which is a third of all species. So it is definitely a hot spot. Wow, so yeah. good. Oh. Love That's it. where most of those tanagers are, too. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Love that for you, South America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, Alan? We're going to take things in a little bit different direction now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> With this game, uh, we are going to play uh, Bird or Bug. Okay. <laughs> now, this sounds very dumb, and it is very dumb. But this is the premise. I'm going to describe to you elements of the life history of an animal. (laughs) There will be some key information missing. Mm -hmm. I will need you to tell me if you think this animal is a bird or a bug. (laughs) How could this possibly, you know. This is going to be good. I'm so excited. Number one. Mm. Males and females of this species often congregate around carcasses in open grassland. The carcasses it seeks out are often mammals that may weigh 200 times the weight of the adults of this species. The adults construct nests near these carcasses in a burrow. One parent, typically the female, remains with the eggs then feeds and cares for the young after hatching. Adults and young disperse from the nest together around 48 days after eggs are laid. Okay. Walk me through your thought process. (laughs) My first thought was, this is obviously a carrion beetle. My second thought was, that's why it's probably a bird. But but I can't think of any carcass-eating birds that burrow. Yeah. I I had very similar thought process. (laughs) Um, I know that a lot of carrion beetles do care for their young quite well. Um, I'm still just going to go with bug, though. I'm also going to go with bug. I think it's a carrion beetle. Very good. It is a bug. Nice job. (laughs) I was hoping that the parental care aspect would throw you a bit, but Nicole, very good job. And knowing that carrion beetles, this was specifically the American burying beetle that I was telling you about. yeah, they do a very good job of rearing their young. Yeah. Um, it's a bit unusual, I guess, uh, in that regard. Yeah. Like 200 times the body size. I was like, that could be, could be a, bird. a small yeah. beetle with a small carcass or yeah, bird with a big, big carcass. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, they're, yeah. they're definitely deer that weigh 200 times what no every single fact i was like okay could be bird or bug could be bird or bug like mm-hmm. no that was that was good that <laughs> that's was good the point <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay all right this species <laughs> is a ground-based ambush predator 
in the African savanna. It captures prey using remarkably elongated legs. It strikes violently, hitting with a force equal to 5.4 times their body weight from a complete standstill. Due to their lack of vascularized tissues, they have a well-documented resistance to toxins. And it has a strong association with thorny acacia trees. I ask you, is this a bird or a bug? I'm, I, are you smiling because you know what this is? I think I know what it is. <laughs> I think it's a bug. The vascularized tissue is getting me. And I'm thinking that this is probably some sort of insect. Okay. Nicole? I'm leaning towards bird. Oh, no. <laughs> is it a freaking ostrich? <laughs> Um, there's a lot of birds that love to kick things. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of birds that are good at like resisting like venoms from like rattlesnakes and stuff. True. Um, but like bugs probably have less vascularized, vascu va vascularized <laughs> tissue than birds do. Yeah. Which makes it feel too obvious. <laughs> See, but you expect a bird to use an elongated limb to, like, yeah. attack and ambush its mm -hmm. prey. Yeah. I'm going with bug. Nicole? I'm sticking with bird. <laughs> Nicole, you're two for two. That is nice. a bird. Hell yeah. I did manage to get you with that tissue thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that is specifically, we're talking about the secretary bird. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, so, obviously, very long-legged. Um, Nicole, as you also mentioned exactly correctly, uh, they are strong kickers. Uh, <laughs> they, they really um, kick their prey to death. Um with a lot of force, like a remarkable amount of force. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, um, I read this paper that was talking about, you know, like the strike force of birds. And mm -hmm. like, they're like, okay, well, technically barn owls strike with 14% or the 14 times their body weight. But mm -hmm. that's because they're diving at a high speed. And it's like yeah. secretary birds strike with, you know, more than five times their body weight just from standing. Yeah. Which is a lot. That's impressive. Lot. Pow. Like, they just like <laughs> launch that leg out. Um, and you're right. Like, secretary mm. birds are um, famous for eating snakes, yeah. including very venomous snakes in Africa, uh, adders and cobras and things like that. Um, they do actually have that lack of vascularized tissues that helps them out. Um, their legs are almost entirely tendon. There's mm. not a lot going on there <laughs> so when they get bit on their very scaly wiry legs there's just the venom it is not uh it doesn't you know it does not disperse through the body uh mm, in nice. a significant way um yes beautiful bird um there's a fun diagram from that paper oh look oh. at it yes it's a great job also says it uses its wings for distraction which i think is interesting <laughs> yeah. visual distraction yeah. perfect beautiful bird what a great, great bird. Is this like the mantis shrimp of the bird world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it reminds me of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, fast, like they, what mantis shrimp punch so fast, they like boil water around their, make a little their sonic claw. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sonic yeah. Boom. All right. Keeping them in aquariums is dangerous. <laughs> to say the oh, least. Yeah. yeah. Like shatter the glass. <laughs> Don't put a secretary oh. bird in an aquarium either. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. 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 They uh, that study where they were measuring the strike force was based on um, like a couple secretary birds, primarily one 
that had been trained at a zoo as part of like its like public display yeah. they would have a rubber snake <laughs> and they would like that they would like zip through the enclosure <laughs> so they could watch like people could watch this secretary bird and like nail that thing uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah so they, that's the one they use to like you know uh measure the pressure and things like that that's awesome fun stuff what you know science is fun okay <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on to our next round of bird or bug <laughs> <laughs> this game is fun this is a west african species that prefers wet savanna it is a prolific pollinator, most often found hovering in groups near flowering trees, landing on flowers that have angled specifically to allow nectar access in such a way that they collect pollen on their feet. They have a colorful metallic exterior with rich purple, steel blue, and gold green pigmentation. They often gravitate towards oil palms. They're often seen trying to get beneath the bark to access sap. And though it primarily feeds on nectar, it will take termites and winged ants in the air. Is this a bird or a bug? I was feeling like it could go either way in the beginning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the other food sources listed at the end make me feel like it's a bird. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a hummingbird. I, think. I was thinking it could be a parrot. Oh, okay. But then the bugs thing made me think it's maybe some other, like a honey eater or something. Mm, I don't know. Yes, yeah. honey eaters. Mm. I am leaning more towards bird because of the other food sources. Yeah. Um, but this could be another tricky Allen thing. Um, <laughs> it was so specifically worded, like all the metallic colors could easily be a beetle or something, yeah. you know, in- insect like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> You're doing a great uh, job. And it's like collecting pollen on the feet too. Like mm-hmm. that feels so much more bug-like than bird-like. <laughs> But I have such a hard time imagining a bug catching other bugs on the wing as an alternate food source. But I can also picture them, like, crawling under the bark of trees. Anyway, I think it's a bird. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of any – what kind of flower did they visit? They like palm trees? Um, They do like oil palms. I didn't mention what flowers they visit, though. Okay. They visit a variety. Okay. He did say trees as a significant source of flowers. That's true. I said flowering trees. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't let me. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I just want to be three for three. <laughs> um, Give us your thought process. I mean, it was very similar to yours, where yeah, the food source really threw me off, um, and the, the the metallic colors is obviously trying to sway us towards bugs. Um, <laughs> I thought it was trying to sway us toward birds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the difference between you two. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go bug. <laughs> oh, Nicole. <laughs> if only. <laughs> this is indeed a bird. Okay. Uh, I, I was Rachel, just like... you were getting very close with a honey eater. Mm-hmm. This is actually a species of sunbird. This is the splendid oh. sunbird that we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, <laughs> take a look wow. at that thing. It's so pretty. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So hummingbird-like. Um, yes. They've got a long, decurved bill uh, that lets them get into long tubular flowers, not unlike a hummingbird. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are a significant pollinator in Western Africa. Um, I know we don't typically think about 
uh, birds as being significant pollinators in uh, in North America, but in in this part of the world, they definitely are. There was a study. Oh, there was a study um, looking at sunbirds specifically, um, where they uh, they raised tea trees, golden flowered tea trees, both in the wild and or like outdoors and in a area where birds were excluded. Mm -hmm. And they found that there was a 64% reduction in flower and fruit on tea trees that did not have access to sunbirds. So that's cool. That's significant. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, these, uh, these birds also love to hang out near palm trees that get slashed to make palm wine. Um, they have, this is an interesting fun fact. They have a, a complicated and varied song, which birds of the world described as sounding like, oh, what a splendid bird I am. <laughs> um, but there's also like a lot of dialect variations with these birds um, to where birds of the same species would have different songs, um, despite being as close to each other as 40 meters. Wow. It's interesting. Um, and also, uh, sunbirds, just in general, make these pouch nests, and they look uh, ridiculous when they're oh, in them. look at her. <laughs> That's pretty cute. <laughs> Little head sticking out of the hole. Yeah, pretty Adorable. cute. What good birds. Wonderful. Are they in their own group? Sunbirds? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're, I think so, yeah. they're. Um, I didn't actually look too hard at the taxonomy, but yeah, they're like a separate little like family, I think. That's cool. Yeah. They kind of look like a cross between woodpeckers and hummingbirds. Mm. They do. Yeah. Which makes sense based on how they act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. A little convergent evolution there, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. Um, okay. Let's go <laughs> our last round of bird wow. versus bug. This might decide Bird if one of us bug. wins. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. You guys are tied right now, aren't uh-huh. you? Yeah. Ooh. That was risky doing an even number. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll come up with something on the fly here. Oh, my gosh. We need a tiebreaker. <laughs> this wide distributed species is found on six of seven continents. They feed largely on aquatic insects, tadpoles, and small shrimp. Large groups of these animals can be seen gaining altitude by taking advantage of thermals. They are a high-altitude migrant clocked at 6,200 meters in the Himalayas. They are also a non-stop transoceanic migrant, making a non-stop flight of over 2,500 kilometers from India to Somalia, according to radio transmitter data. I ask you, is this a bird or a bug? I'm going to let Nicole describe her thought process first. <laughs> so you can cheat off me? No. Because um, <laughs> I've been stealing it the last couple. Oh, okay. That's fair. I mean, impulse birds because ridiculous facts. But I do know that like dragonflies in particular do have like very long flights over ocean, ocean, open ocean. I don't know the distribution of dragonflies though so i don't know if they're on every continent um is the only thing that's holding me back from this is probably a dragonfly i had the exact same thought process (laughs) i swear i'm not trying to copy Uh off you but i was like okay like the predatory behavior of eating tadpoles and things like that feels very dragonfly yeah and then the Himalayas comment threw me off and I was like, well, I, I think only birds can do that. And then I thought, well, that's probably why Alan would try to trick us <laughs> <laughs> because he knows we would think that. Uh-huh. And there's probably like an unsung 
hero of migration out there that birds just rip the spotlight away from and it would have to be like a dragonfly or something so that fits that same profile yeah and also would alan pick three birds there's a little bit of that like test taker mentality here too you know of like (laughs) wouldn't he try to make it even Hmm. Hmm. Would I? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What was the elevation of the flight? Uh, Sixty-two hundred meters, which is like twenty thousand feet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good grief. Do dragonflies even have the equipment to be able to filter like oxygen out of the air at that level? I mean, they don't need that much. Uh, for some reason, this feels like the hardest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's working. Mm. Okay, hang on. Nope, never mind. Uh, wait, say the beginning part again. <laughs> <laughs> Widely distributed species found on six of seven continents. <laughs> they feed largely on aquatic insects, tadpoles, and small shrimp. Large groups of these animals can be seen gaining altitude by taking advantage of thermals. They're a high-altitude migrant, clocked at 6,200 meters in the Himalayas, and they're a non-stop transoceanic migrant. Ugh, this is so hard, because that could, it could all be a bird or a buck. That's the point of the game. I'm just going to lock in bug. Someone's got to. Someone's got to lock in. I'm going to lock in bird. I'm. That's. I. mm, I feel like I might be wrong, but I'm just going to go. I'm going to go for bird. Okay. Rachel, you should have trusted your gut. It was a bug. Yeah. That's okay. That makes yep. Nicole our winner. That is indeed a bug. That is describing the wandering glider, uh, <laughs> which is a species of dragonfly. Correct, Nicole. Very nice. Um, it is, uh, they are truly remarkable yeah. in not only the altitude they achieve, the places they fly, and the fact that they do nonstop um, mm-hmm. over oceans. They actually have, uh, this is just a weird fun fact. <laughs> Excuse me. They actually have the largest or the <laughs> the largest ratio of nonstop migration to body size <laughs> of any animal. Dang. Um, they fly consecutively 50.7 million body lengths. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, insane. that's an absurd way to measure something. What a fun application of mathematics. Yeah, right? Yes, yes. 50.7 million body lengths. So to put that in perspective, uh, if m- myself as a six foot tall human um, were to move 50 million body lengths, that would be 300 million feet. Okay. Um, that would be 56,818 miles for me. Which would be the distance, uh, a distance equivalent of going around the equator twice. (laughs) That's insane. And then a little bit more. So that is uh, effectively for the size that they are, that is the journey that they undertake nonstop would be like me circumnavigating the world twice. Yes. See, you got to scale things up. It makes it so fun. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Because it's hard to, it's hard to like really appreciate this stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. What a, what a, what a fascinating dragonfly. Also, yeah. Widely distributed too. Six to seven continents. They, uh, they truly adhere to that wandering part of their name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, I don't know that. How many birds are actually that widely distributed? Not very many. Barn owls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Swallows. uh, Barn swallows are pretty widely distributed, but I don't know that they're on every continent. I don't know if they're in Asia. Yeah. Yeah. 
You guys had the right, again, the right thought processes <laughs> all throughout. We don't need a tiebreaker. Um, so good job, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a little bird or bug action. That's I was going to say, good. if we needed a tiebreaker, I was going to do two truths and a lie of uh, fieldwork stories. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought of, I thought about that when we talked about me getting almost killed by an Arctic tern. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. that would be that would be a fun game for another time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, what a successful <laughs> episode of the best biome. Um, learned some neat stuff. Um what a good time thank you guys at home for listening to our podcast that we produce through our nonprofit grassland groupies we couldn't do this without your support so thank you so much doing a lot of cool things here at grassland groupies so stay tuned especially if you're in the wichita area for uh all the cool stuff we've got coming up this fall um and as far as the podcast we will be back in another two weeks check out all of our stuff in the notes okay bye we love you bye (laughs) What an ending. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)